Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is an incredible episode. So I've got Krista Tia as a guest with me today. And the podcast goes in so many areas. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about overcoming your own bullshit, getting out of your own way. Uh, we're going to talk about the current state of the world with the pandemic or the um, the coronavirus situation and how people need to wake the fuck up, as Krista will tell you. So guys, this is an incredible podcast. It goes in so many different areas. And uh, you're going to hear the intro of how I introduce Krista very soon. But oh my goodness, like it's one of my favorite ones. So guys, sit back, enjoy. And as always, give it a share if you get some value out of this. Enjoy, guys. We're live, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you and welcome back to the podcast. I'm with Krista Tia. She is a high performance specialist and business strategist who specializes in coaching coaches, business owners, and entrepreneurs in creating six and seven figure businesses. She has helped thousands of people all over the globe unlock their potential as heart-centered entrepreneurs and guides them to create a life and income that they desire through her vast life experience and and sorry, and her ability to conquer and create change. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Krista Tia. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, brother. I'm so glad to be here. I'm very excited. And I actually got onto you through my unofficial dad, Kerwin Ray. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, as soon as I saw your stuff, I dived straight into it. I'm someone, as soon as I hear, see someone that looks inspiring or they've got their shit together or they're just doing great things, I just really dive into their content. And I really loved what um, what you're about and hence why I reached out for a podcast. So um, I would love to uh, let you uh, let you share your story and then we can dissect it a little bit more. But please give us the trailer to the movie, movie which is Krista Tia. Go for it. Awesome. Yes. Um, so yeah, to, to start, uh, I'll go into my story actually, because I feel like um, I love sharing my story from a deep place of gratitude simply for relatability purposes because I believe that so many people kind of maybe look at people that they aspire to or they put someone on a pedestal and they think, yeah, but they've got this, this and this, so I can't achieve that. But I think that hearing someone's story um, enables you to see that there's no difference between you and I or you and whoever's listening, um, you know, so uh, I guess, you know, I grew up in a, a, a really, uh, my family are everything to me. Um, it's one of my highest values, family. Um, and my mum and dad were super present parents, I guess. And I feel like they gave me such a great start to life, um, you know, from a moral standpoint, um, from a resilient standpoint. And they were such a beautiful example. Um, my dad owned and operated nine-figure businesses um, he had, uh, you know, a business with 120 staff. Um, and so I grew up in this environment that was extremely entrepreneurial. But I guess that some sometimes when people hear that, they automatically assume that there was like I was spoon fed to some extent, you know, that I was given opportunity. And while I was given opportunity, mum um, and dad did something really well. They, instead of giving me everything, they taught me how to do it for myself. Um, so there was just this beautiful example from such a young age um, of great work ethic and and it was in built within me that in order to create something, I just had to work hard for it. Um, so I guess that, you know, I was privileged in the way that I, I just always believed that if I put my mind to something, I could absolutely do it. So you know, my, my upbringing was great. I grew up on properties and, um, you know, I have a brother that's three years younger than me. He's actually a part of my team, um, which is super cool. And, uh, yeah, we just had, we had so many amazing experiences throughout childhood. Um, and you know, I, I got to the age, like fast track, I got to the age of 17 and I, I met my ex-husband, um, who is, oh, I, I have so much gratitude for him and, and, um, the journey that we shared together. Um, there were ups and downs like any relationship. And both of us were super young, um, but the the biggest thing that I'm grateful for is is my beautiful daughter that he blessed me with, um, and I had her when I was just before I turned 23. So um, we met at the age of 17, and he was involved in a, a whole world that I wasn't really familiar with. Um, and everything that I speak about is only from a state of gratitude. You know, like I, I'm definitely not here to to blame or shame anyone. It's just not the way that I operate. Um, it was just an experience that. That we traveled together. So I'll go a little bit into that, not into the, the entire depth of it, but um, just to give you guys context of, of what I moved through and what was kind of one of the biggest catalysts that enabled me to do what I do now. Um, so at 18, 
I opened my first uh, business. Uh, I started a hairdressing apprenticeship when I was 15 years old um, and I opened a business at 18 and, you know, scaled that business to six figures um, in a short space of time. And I just had this vision. I just knew what I wanted. And, you know, even my parents would say, how are you going to get clients? And I was like, I don't know. I just know that they'll come. There was just this undenying belief um, which is, you know, absolutely phenomenal. And then it's sometimes through life experience that that belief gets altered. Um, but for me, it was just always there. And I created a really successful business at such a young age. Um, we were married when I was only 21. So I, I look back now and I didn't feel like I was that young, but I look at 21 year olds now and I'm like, oh, I was a baby. Um, and then we had my beautiful baby girl when just before I turned 23. So I was a, um, I was a really young mom and I'm, I'm so grateful for that because now she's nine years old and, you know, I'm 32 and, um, I just feel that I, I have the energy to, to be with her in presence. Um, so during that period, my ex-husband was involved in a whole lot of, uh, things that I, I wasn't really familiar with. Like it, it was very outside of, um, what I grew up with. And he had, um, a lot of friends that were involved in criminal activity and, um, just got immersed in an environment, you know, and, and I understand we all make, we all make poor choices. It's just what we do with those choices, you know, in order to change the, the, the part of our life that we're willing to change. And, you know, it's great, you know, he's, he's really transformed as a human being. And, um, so he was actually charged um, with a whole lot of charges before we had my daughter, um, and then we spent we spent three and a half years fighting all of the charges um, in court. So you know, at such a young age, I um, had a salon, and I actually set him up in a health cafe. He was involved in a family business, and he wanted to get out. So I used my profits to set him up in a health cafe. Um, and we had a house with a huge amount of equity. You know, when I was only 20 years old, we, we bought a block of land and built a house and all of that, uh, you know, we still had a great income coming through, but all of that equity, you know, $300,000 worth went towards fighting court, like f fighting these charges. Um, so, you know, you can, you can imagine the, uh, the level of work and everything that goes into something and then to it, for it all just to be taken away in, in such a short space of time um, was, it was just, it was a survival, um, but at the same time it was really disappointing. Yeah. Um, so my, my ex-husband ended up spending two years in prison um, and he was facing a lot more, but we did get the charges reduced and he still had to spend two years in prison. And at that stage, you know, we had, I, I sold my salon by then, but we, we had two health cafes. So I delved in and I was working 14-hour days and I was raising a child on my own. And then I went out, out and set up another business, another health cafe. So I had three businesses and 14-hour days and huge catering contracts and being a single mama in the middle of Brisbane City. And it was honestly, I look back now and I'm like, wow, how did I, how did I even do that? But it's amazing when life throws you something um how you just make it through when you don't have an option it was it was simply survival for me if I let the ball drop um you know everything was going to fall to pieces or that's the way that I perceived it to be at that stage of my life anyway um so you know it built a level of resilience within me um that uh, I I don't know that I would have ever built unless it was through those circumstances and I, I really reflect on it now and, uh, you know, the upbringing that I had was I, I was almost um, quite naive to the world and it was almost like I had to be thrown something that I had to deal with and move through on my own in order to create some level of independence. Um, and at 17, you can imagine, you know, you literally are going from your parents' care to a partner's care. So I never had the opportunity to actually understand who I was or the beliefs. I just... I just kind of adapted to my circumstances as opposed to, you know, really question and understand who I was and what I wanted in this world. I knew that I was always going to be an entrepreneur and that I could build businesses standing on my head, but I, I never had any opportunity to allow me to question that until I moved through this, this really, you know, some might call it dark night of soul period of my life. Yeah. Um, so fast track forward, he ended up, um, you know, serving his time and our relationship didn't last. Um, you know, we ended up deciding to separate. 
Um, and, you know, I, I sold all of the businesses and I walked away from the marriage with not one cent of my name because wow. I wanted to, you know, during the two years that he was away, I totally changed. I really changed because I had the opportunity to understand me and to grow as a person and to truly see who I am. And I believe that that journey is ever evolving, right? There's not like this destination where we go, well, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do and this is, you know, what I'm going to be for the rest of my life. I think that we're always changing and evolving. But I had the opportunity through being given an independence um, to discover that for that part of my life. So our relationship, uh, yeah, it did, it did um, sort of fall away, but um, I, I reached a, a moment when I, when I had to start from nothing, you know, going from all of the, you know, cafes and everything that we had built, we built all of them to six and seven figures. Um, so, you know, I feel like I built my, my whole identity of being this business owner. So take away all of those businesses and I was like, who are you? Who even am I? <laughs> like, what do you mean? I've always just been like, yeah, I own businesses and yeah, I'm a boss and yeah, I can I can do whatever I put my mind to. And then to have nothing and to reach a stage of my life where I was relying on the government to even live um, was a real kick to the ego. Um, so there was a moment that I recall and I speak about it regularly because I, I know that so many people can relate where I was literally at my lowest point and I was in fetal position on the floor and I was in so much emotional, mental and physical pain that I just didn't know how I was going to go another day. And I, I guess you can probably relate to that, you know. Uh, yeah. You just get to that point where it's like I cannot deal with another thing and life is just throwing shit at me continuously and I just don't have anything left in my tank to deal with it. And so I was, I literally reached this breaking point and my mum was there with me and I said, mum, I just can't keep doing it. Like I don't, I don't have the strength to even get back up and go again. And, you know, cause throughout the period of me running these businesses on my own, we had, we had break and enters and I had staff leave and I had staff stealing from me and we had the business shut down because we had a power outage in the building in the middle of Brisbane city. And there was like, there was just one thing consecutively after another. And in that moment where I reached that breaking point and that exhaustion, my mum said to me, Krista, get up. And there was part of me that was like, hang on, just let me hang around in victim mentality for a moment. Let I me just, enjoy this moment of sorrow, <laughs> mum. Yeah, that was like going on in my head. And she said, Krista, get up. And I just looked at her and she said, God only gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers. And oh. you were born with so much more than this. Get Is up. Is that what mum said to you? Yeah. Wow. I love your mum and I've never met her. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was from that moment. And she said to me, like, I knew that from the moment you were born, you were here to be something great. And this has built your greatness. So get up and we're going to move through this together, but you're not going to hang around here on the floor. And it was from that moment that I was like, fuck, she's right. And this has just been a journey that has built me to a person that I never would have been otherwise. Um, so I thought, right, okay, well, if I'm going to rebuild myself and I'm going to become something great and I'm going to create change in this world in some way, shape or form, what does that look like? So what I decided to assess was like, okay, what is it that has been something that I'm passionate about through every business that I've created? Like, what is it at the essence that I love and what I discovered was when I had my hair salon, when I had the health cafes, it was, it was contribution. Um, and I just loved helping people, you know, whether it was from an aesthetic standpoint, whether it was from a nutritional standpoint, um, you know, I, I just always loved making a difference to someone's life. So I thought, okay, so how can I do that? Like, how can I do it in a way that gives me time freedom. It gives me location freedom um, because I was tied to brick and mortar businesses, four brick and mortar businesses the entirety of my adult life. And I didn't have the ability to take holidays because I had to be there. Um, and so I thought, right, maybe I just go and study. Maybe I just learn. And so I went and studied nutrition and I went and did my NLP masters and 
I um, delved into breath work and I did somatic release work. And I thought in order for me to be the best, best version of myself, uh, in order for me to make change, I have to be the best version of myself. So I've got to, I've got to use all of this on me first. So um, after delving into the personal development industry, I, I decided that I was going to, I knew that I was always probably going to be a business coach, um, but I didn't feel an integrity that I was um, really aligned without creating success again in the digital, in the digital realm. Um, because yes, I built brick and mortar businesses, but it was like, well, if I'm going to teach people how to build any business, I need to have the understanding of how to do that digitally as well. So I thought, okay, I'm going to create success as a nutritionist and, you know, sort of in the mindset empowerment space. And then I'm going to feel an integrity to pivot into business and high performance. So created success in that. And then I gradually and organically just, just came into the business space and I've never looked back. And I think that what I love most about working with, you know, high level entrepreneurs and, and business owners is that I create more of a potent ripple. Um, You know, I've said that I'm set out to change the world in massive ways. And I knew that I could never just do it on my own. So it's the impact that I create in one person's life and then they go out there and change more and then they go out there and change more. And it's, it's this beautiful ripple that I feel like I'm contributing to. Um, so, and here I am now. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. What a story. Some awesome. I love the, um, the statement from your mum. That is incredible. What she, um, what she did for that. So, um, yeah. amazing. And I can relate to a lot of what you said, cause I'm in the brick and mortar, uh, three gym, physical gyms, brick and mortar, um, a bit of a behind the scenes, but depending where this gets released, but I'm in the process of selling one of them at the moment and transitioning to what you, what you love too. Cause it's, it's not necessarily the business that, that I love, but it's, it's got aspects of it. The coaching, the contribution, the mindset is where I'm, I'm, uh, I'm most passionate. I've just signed up for an NLP course for next week. Like there's a lot of stuff towards the end. That's quite similar to me. So that's, um, that, that's quite ironic. I would love to hear, um, I've got some other questions we're going to afterwards, but even from your early days, and I'm assuming it might've come from mum because you just said that line towards the end of it. But even when you're 18 years old and you opened your business and you said, you didn't know how to get leads. You didn't know, you didn't have any business coaching back in that time, but you said you had an un, undenying belief that you're going to make it happen. I'm just really curious where that came from because like not only to take the step to open a business at that age without the support, like just to have that, that mentality that I'm going to fucking make this happen. I don't care. I'll, I'll knock on doors. I'll, I'll scream it from the rooftop. Like what gave you that belief? I'm assuming mom has to play a part in that. If, if that's what she told you when you got to your darkest point, but where did that come from? Cause there's so much self doubt in the business world. There's so much um, confusion and uncertainty of how to actually make it happen. And uncertainty generally leads to fear for some people. Mm. For you, it was actually the opposite. You're like, fuck it, I'm going to make it happen anyways. So where did that belief come from? Because it's quite an incredible belief to have at that age. I think it was all I knew, right? It definitely came from my mum and dad, but I think it was all that I knew. The blueprint and the dynamic that I had grown up with was success, right? So I just didn't see or hear any hurdles. And I think that it's so important. The upbringing that we have is going to dictate what we create unless we choose otherwise, Um, so I talk to a lot of my clients about unconscious agreements that we make and, you know, let's, let's use the opposing strategy of someone that's grown up in an environment where they've heard that there's lack of money or, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, you have to work really hard in order to, to even get ahead a little bit, or you've got to go and have this nine to five job because that's what we've been societally conditioned to believe. Whereas, and a lot of people just fit that mold and they continue that, that blueprint throughout their life without questioning it, you know. And I say to everyone that I work with, question everything, you know, is that for me or is it not for me? Do I want to choose that? Because either way, whether we are choosing to settle or where we, whether we are choosing to grow, there's still a choice involved. You know, but I had the privilege, and I think that's why I did it at such a young age, I had the privilege to grow up with a blueprint that was just unwavering belief. Um, And it wasn't until I lost everything that my belief started to shift and I was like, oh, shit, like this is what it feels like to have money scarcity. And I had to rewire that as well, you know. Um, But I, I had grown up in an environment where, 
money was never a problem. We had beautiful holidays. I, you know, had been on private planes. We we travelled all over the world. We lived in an amazing home, um, you know, and we were taught to work really hard and we weren't just given things on a silver platter. It was like, well, you want to create this for yourself? You absolutely can because anything that you set your mind to, you can create, but go out there and do the work. Incredible. Yeah. Just your beliefs around parenting. You might have to write a parenting book in the future, given what you went through. Um, I'm curious, why do you think, in your opinion, and I know you're in the coaching space at the moment, what, what do you see with people, whether they be your clients or people in general, why don't people make that conscious decision to do something about it and they fall they use the victim mindset, the victim hat, and it's like, no, it's too hard. I don't know. Oh, I didn't have the upbringing someone else did. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Why do people generally fall into that category versus I'm going to make it happen? Why do you? Why do most people fall into that? I think it's just awareness, and a lot of people don't even have awareness. I think that, you know, even talking about what's going on, I, I did an Instagram story about this yesterday. This is part of the reason why we are in the situation we're in in, in the, on a global scale, right, is because this is the collective consciousness. This is majority of people are outsourcing their shit. And you can even see now, like so many people for so long have given their freedom away. They have blamed their upbringing. They have blamed their husband. They've blamed their wife, their kids. Their, they've, they've constantly been in this state of blaming everything on everyone else. And there is no way on a global scale that we as humanity would be able to attract what we have unless we were a vibrational match to what's happening, right? Because basic law of quantum physics is like attracts like. And that's exactly what we are experiencing right now on a global scale. And I think that people having the awareness of this is going to be a catalyst to allow these problems to fade away Um, because, you know, you can even see it. What's what's happening right now is we're still literally having our freedom taken away. We're literally being muzzled. We're being told that we have to wear something over our face. We're having like police able to enter our own homes. We're told that we can only be out during these hours. And it's just exacerbated because people need to have the awareness that it's time to take ownership of your life. It's time to say no to the things that you don't want. It's time to say yes to the things that you do want. It's time to speak up and ask and speak your truth, you know? And it's just that so many people, because they've lacked awareness, they've just lacked awareness and they haven't, they haven't been able to discover that they are the creator of their life. They're the creator of their life. And when we know that we are creating it in a way that we want or a way that we don't want, We can take radical responsibility of it and choose something different. But it's not until people go, okay, you know what? It's probably easier if I do go out and say that it's his fault, her fault, their fault, the world's fault, my upbringing's fault. Yeah, in that moment, it feels easier. But how do I ever regain my power? You know, and I can experience that. I experienced that on my journey because it was easier for a moment in time for me to go, well, I'm in this situation because of my ex-husband, because he did this and he did this and he did this and I lost because of it. And it was in the moment that I went, hang on, Krista, if he's done all of this, how can you change it? You need to take responsibility. You chose to stay. You chose to support. You chose to be naive. You chose all of it. So now that I've regained the power and I've seen that I created it, now I can take it back and go, right, what do I choose moving forward? Hmm. Yeah? Why do people who say someone just heard that right now, they're listening right now, and now they're aware, they've just been blessed with consciousness or awareness, but they still don't change. What do you say to those people? It takes time, right? Like you don't just change a habit with one little bit of awareness, you know, because once we've got that awareness, then we have to do something different. And because the way that we've been wired is to stay safe and not succeed, it's going to feel uncomfortable doing something different. But every time that there is fear, every time that there is discomfort, no, the quicker that you dive into that is the moment that things change. It's not about having the knowledge. It's about being the knowledge. And that was the biggest thing for me was like, I can go out there and learn all of this, but until I implement it into my own life, which is the uncomfortable part, which is the bit that's really scary because it means that I've got to do things that I've never done. I've got to 
you know, maybe take people out of my life that don't serve me. I've got to put my own oxygen mask on first. And that feels really weird because it's unfamiliar. But I know that that's the moment that I start embodying what I actually want. Mm. Listen to that again. Um, so um, maybe detail a little bit, just because you went to it a little bit, the whole coronavirus situation um, yeah. and the state of the world right now. I'm just curious, and we're not going to go whole conspiracy right now. We can if you want to. Um, but what's your general consensus on what's happening? Is that is it people that are just falling victim to the media? People aren't waking up? Like I actually watched Kerwin's um, stories last night about the whole Google stuff and everything. Um, yeah. Quite funny. But yeah, what's your general, we don't have to go down this wormhole completely, but what's your general, um, your experience with it? Did it affect business very highly for you? And like, what's the, the greater agenda? What's going on? Is it the virus is deadly as people are saying? Like uh-huh. what's your general, general um, feelings on, on the coronavirus situation? I think one word, control. This is, yeah, so I think it's uh, the people in power trying to regain control, yeah, and people need to wake the fuck up, mm. wake up, because for far too long we've been told what to do. No one owns this earth, right? Like no one owns it. Let's zoom out from a macro scale. This is earth. No one owns it. It's just that people are creating this third-dimensional reality that people are just falling into, right? And I think for far too long, human beings have just allowed themselves to be controlled and dictated by people in power or people they perceive to be in power, right? But, um, and then just choose to comply because that's easier. And I think that it's just the way that we've been programmed from such, such a young age. And all of us have been programmed, not just by our parents, but by our grandparents, by our ancestors. Like, it's just what's happened and it's okay and it's perfect but I think that enough is enough and we get to choose moving forward. Um, we get to choose what world we live in. Um, but I think that, yeah, it really just comes down to people in power regaining control and, um, you know, grasping at straws and, you know, telling us that we can only be out during these hours and we are literally muzzled and we have to be um, at a certain distance from one another and that we have to have shit injected into our body um, and it's mandatory. Otherwise, more of our freedom gets taken away. I don't know, you know, who on earth thinks any of this is okay. I'm not sure. But I ask for each and every one of you who are listening to question everything. Question it. It's just that people are falling into the old programs of listening to the media, but the media are also controlled. The media are also going to filter information. The media are also going to tailor-make it in the way that allows you to grab a hold of it and understand it or grab a hold of it and be controlled by it. And this is what needs to stop. Who controls the media? You said the media is controlled. Oh, government. Cool. And where's this all going then? Where's this going? Because I'm just, I just pictured the Matrix. That's where we're going. Matrix yep. is the best uh, documentary, uh, real life documentary that ever happened. But where's yep. this all going? If people don't wake up and wake up fast, there's going to be more control, mm. a lot more control. Mm, I love yeah. that. What's um? You've mentioned detour off that t- topic. We don't have to go down. I don't want to turn this into a whole coronavirus podcast, but <laughs> that's a good little message for you guys there. Um, you mentioned the, the word grateful and blessed multiple times through your story. You mentioned it from when you were a kid, when you had a um, uh, the, the, your, your daughter. You're blessed with your daughter. You're blessed with the experience you had with your partner. Why and why are you so grateful? Why do you express that? And why is it so crucial to look at challenges? And it's going to dive into my next question. But yeah, where does that sense of gratitude and blessedness, where does that come from for you? Is it again, mum and dad, the upbringing, or is it just the way you, you're wired or the questions you ask? Do you have a routine around that? Where does that come from for you? Um, I've wired myself that way. Yes, I was always I was always taught to be grateful for everything. I think that that's part of the reason why um, I didn't live that really spoiled, spoon-fed life because I was taught every day to be grateful for the fact that I woke up and that I'm living and breathing and walking and seeing and experiencing. Um, but I totally lost that. Like I, I fell deep into victim mentality throughout my journey and it was my choice to rewire it. And I think the the gratitude and the blessings come from perspective. I know that everything in my life, um, you know, in the past, in the now moment, in the future is always happening for me. And, 
you know, it's just a matter of the perspective that we choose to see it from because I believe that pain can be our greatest teacher if we, we allow it. You know, there's not many of us while our life's going smooth and while we're in happiness and joy and we're just cruising along and it's all easy and effortless, you know, we're not learning much. It's in the moments of, of destruction. It's in the moments of chaos that we have to we have to call on things that we've never had to. You know, we have to build resilience. We have to gain more strength and we see the beautiful polarity. You know, then we have gratitude for the happiness and the joy in the easy times because we've experienced the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in those moments, you know, in my in my human journey, I, I have moments where I'm feeling, you know, angry or sad or, or I'm doubting myself or experiencing this human, you know, experience. Um and it's just the perspective that I choose. It's it's just a matter of really presenting that and going, okay, so all of this is neutral. What do I choose it to mean? But it's just all of us um, at some stage of our life or maybe we're still doing it is that we're giving it this bad meaning and we're giving pain a, a negative connotation as opposed to enabling it to be the growth and the evolution that we desire. Hey, you said that you mentioned you you rewired things and you wired things the same way. How did you do that? I feel like for someone that listen that doesn't know what you just said. What what do you mean by that? Um, so it was just a matter of choosing something different, I guess, and um, to rewire whatever part of our life um, you know we're, we're choosing to change. It, it requires um, doing it habitually, you know. So I saw that I was creating a domino effect in a really negative way, you know, by my thoughts and by my emotions. And I was getting caught up in a mindset of victim and, you know, something would happen and I'd get attached to it and the emotion would outpour and then something else would happen. And then I'd get even more emotion. And I was, I was feeding this domino effect that was present throughout my life. When was that in that period of your timeline? When was that? Yeah, so it was when um, my ex-husband was in prison. Yep, okay. And I could see um, it. it was playing out. Yeah. How did you you begin the awareness to be like, okay, look, this is what's happening. Time to rewire, time to check in, time to change the meaning. How did you, when, how did that happen? And how did you do that to give someone like a step-by-step? How did that happen for you? Totally. So number one, I presence the fact that I was creating this and I think that it's going back to the responsibility. So you took ownership of it. Totally. And I was like, right. Okay. So, and, and this is the beautiful thing about having the leverage when we're at that stage of our life that there's so much pain, you know, that leverage forces us to do something different. And I thought, right, okay, so nothing seems to be changing. So how can I change my attitude towards it? Because I can just keep going on this journey of shit going wrong and me being attached to it and me being in this emotionally volatile state and all that's doing is burning me out and I'm exhausted. So how can I adapt? How can I zoom out and look at it from a bird's eye perspective? And how can I just presence little things in my life that I'm grateful for? Yep, there's all this chaos that's happening over here. What can I be grateful for in this moment? Okay, I can walk. I can talk. I've got a beautiful daughter. We've got our health. I've got a great mum and dad who have supported me so wholeheartedly. I've got this group of friends that I love. I've got a roof over my head. Okay. Yep. All right. There's no money there. That's okay. What else am I grateful for? And it was just like really holding on to the things that were, if they seem small, but they're really not, you know, the fact that we woke up today is, is a pretty big deal. Some people people didn't. That's the crazy part. I'm a big believer. I've got similar beliefs. I've, this is a bit extreme and I don't do this too often anymore, but some of my, my team members, they'll bitching about insignificant things. It sounds bad, but I'll Google starving kids in Africa and I'll play a video of YouTube on it. And I would say, how fucking bad is your life right now? Like, I know that's a bit extreme, but it's no, like, sometimes you need a fucking kick in the ass. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you've got access to the fucking internet. Most yeah. majority of the world don't doesn't even have clean water to drink. So I know there's both sides to that where trauma is different for everyone. People experience things differently, but there's also that side like fucking hell, geez, like you've got access to the internet if you're listening to this. Totally. That's so. exactly right. And I think that was the biggest thing that Corona did for so many people was it really presenced what was, what was really important. You know, outside of, you know, I was lucky enough through, through Corona and, and continuing my business scale dramatically, yeah. um, which very few had that, you know, opportunity. Yeah. But I think that it came from the fact that I've, I've got 14 to 15 years business experience and I knew how to pivot throughout these times. Well but it also came to, 
down to the fact that I was actually sitting in a whole lot of gratitude. Incredible. I say it all the time because people come to me, I've done a couple of podcasts and people ask me, how did I experience Corona being a gym owner and only three of them? Like we yeah. got shot down overnight, couldn't run a single session. I said, honestly, I'm so grateful it happened. And they're kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah. um, honestly, like um, for my personal experience, I won't go into it extremely, but I was really poor behind the scenes um, system-wise, process-wise. Like I've, I, I came straight out of high school into a gym owner position. I didn't know. I've never had a real job. So I didn't know about superannuation. I didn't know about payroll. I, I, I've never taken annual leave because I never even knew what it was. So I didn't have anything set up in the back end. My employment contracts, my like everything was fucked. So um, it gave me a 10-week period. I was on the phone to lawyers every day, accountants every day, employee sure, my people to help me out. And I did everything, come back in the business of now growing better than that where we closed awesome. on. Awesome. Like, like I wouldn't have had that if it wasn't Corona because it forced me to work on the back end because I always got caught up with the leads and the sales and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm fucking grateful it happened, to be honest. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for it. But, um, yeah. I think that's a prime example of perspective though as well because what a lot of people did was they were like, oh, my gosh, this is so out of my control. I'm being shut down. And then they just spend 10 weeks doing nothing in victim mentality. Yeah. But right. if you get the opportunity, because there's opportunity in every moment, it's just whether we grasp a hold of it or whether we choose to not see it. Yeah. You know? So well done, dude. That's and, awesome. And how do you do that? Like you just said, you just choose to. How would someone choose to change their perspective? Is it like a question you ask or is it a, a focus you do? Or is it like how would someone take your your and my perspective versus I'm a victim? What's the, what's the key factor they're missing? I think that victim mentality becomes a habit, you know, where we become so used to blaming and shaming and um, outsourcing our problems that it becomes habitual, you know, it's just our automatic go-to. It's like when we're smoking, you know, without even thinking about it sometimes, we just pick up a packet of cigarettes and have a cigarette mindlessly. It's no different to that mentality. Um, So it's really going, okay, all right, how can I shift this? And to shift anything, we have to have awareness in every moment. There's no point in waking up in the morning and saying, today is going to be a great day and I'm grateful for this, this and this. And then throughout the day, we don't have that attitude. That's not going to create a new habit. What's going to create a new habit is like, okay, there's this circumstance. What am I going to do with this circumstance? How can I be grateful for it? Okay, there's this circumstance. How can I find gratitude in that? Okay, there's this. What opportunity is there? So it's just really honing in with awareness and and seeing each incremental part of your day and then that's how it's going to become a new habit. Do you have a daily routine around this stuff? What's your... Are you into daily routines? What does yours look like? I am. Yeah, mine has shifted so much over the years. Um, meditation is a big part of my life. Um, and sometimes I float in and out of that. You know, I'm actually going and doing some meditation training um, next next week, which is really exciting. Who with? Um, Gary Goro. Okay, I haven't heard the name. I'll write it down. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of uh, he's one of Kerwin's friends, actually. Cool. The uh, So that's exciting. And... Yeah, so meditation is a big part. Breath work has been a big part of my journey at different stages. Um, you know, but something really simple because I think that sometimes people create morning routines that uh, out of obligation. You know, it's like I love that point. I will ask you. So I'll touch on that. Keep going. Yeah, it's almost like out of a place of obligation, but it's the emotion that we experience when we do the things that we do that attract what we want, you know? So it's like gratitude journaling, for instance, if we're just writing down a mindless list of things that we're grateful for. Have to. Yes, because we have to, it's not going to change anything in our life. What changes it is actually sitting in presence and going, okay, how can I experience the feeling of gratitude? What are those things? Oh my God. And I'm, I've got goosebumps as I say this, it's like, so do I. Oh. That part of my life, how can I like really embody that all day? Like how can I remember I'm so grateful for that? So I think that I, I don't speak on morning rituals very often because I don't want people to implement what I do simply from a place of obligation. Yep. Um, but, you know, going to the beach in the mornings is something that I love. Um, I love being out in nature Um, and, you know, supplements are part of my morning ritual. Um, But one simple thing that I implement every day, and I feel like it's a game changer and it's so simple, the moment that I open my eyes, I take a big deep breath in and I sigh out, oh, yeah. I love that. That's really, really good. It's just so simple. But I believe that, you know, I I had a bit of a habit – that I had developed that I would 
from like childhood, I'd wake up feeling nervous every day. So I'd wake up with this anxiousness for no particular reason. I'd just be worried. And I've always been like a little bit of a warrior. Like I worry about little bits and pieces. Um, But yeah, it was just something that I was so determined to change. And I was like, right, what's going to cancel that out? And I realized it was pleasure. Um, You know, finding pleasure in every moment, finding pleasure from the moment that I I open my eyes, finding pleasure in brushing my teeth, finding pleasure in creating, you know, making my daughter's lunch, um, you know, pleasure in every moment. So, yeah, that's something that I absolutely love to implement every day. I love that. And I just love how simple it is because I'm very, I again, similar to you, is I would see Jocko Willick, what he does in the morning. Then I would have my friend uh, that I look up to and he's got a great morning routine. Like every morning he'd do 100 push-ups, ice bath, fucking this, this, this. I'm like, fucking hell. And I really, it was um, from one of my business mentors and he says, mate, all it's about a morning routine, it's about getting you in a great state. Yeah. That's different for everyone. Like yeah. you, if you love playing video games for 10 minutes and fucking do that for 10 minutes, there's normally some fundamentals that you'll find across the uh, uh, common factors for everyone. Yeah. But um, yeah, I used to, I force myself because I thought I had push-ups every morning. I did for a little bit. But it wasn't that fun. And so I, I got to the end of it. I was like, this is shit. Yeah. Like, I, would, I would get to the end of it. I'm like exhausted and I wasn't in a good state. I'd rather go to a proper session and train somewhere else. But literally, I, I drink a lot of water. I have alkalized water, heaps of minerals and vitamins and stuff that I have in there. Write down what I am grateful for. And same thing, I actually feel that as well. Um, and I just spend time with my partner and I have a sausage dog. So I, I hang out with him. Um, so it's like, I just do things that put me in a great headspace and I do the things I need to do. Um, and sometimes I meditate. I'm similar to you. I, what I do in nature is quite meditative in nature, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah. So, like, I've, again, I've gone down the path where Joe Dispenza fucking meditating for, for an hour every day. And it's like, yes, it worked for me, but I'm, I'm more of your, more, I'm more your neutral character. I'm like, like you're intense, like full on all the time. So I'm quite calm as, as a, as an, as a nature, as a core. Um, so I didn't find that as beneficial for me. So I guess what I'm leaning to guys, if you've got a, if you're struggling with a morning routine, don't model everyone. Don't feel like you see someone and that's how it's got to be. Just find things that sound good. Trial and error. See what fits well. The things I never miss audio books in the morning and water and gratitude. They're my three. Sometimes I train, sometimes I don't. I didn't train this morning. I didn't feel like it all sore. <laughs> I just didn't want yeah. to train. So it's like just find the things that you need to do and don't feel so fucking like obliged like, obliged <laughs> to do it. Like if you do what ins- I, I'm big on um, Martini, doing what inspires you, like if it doesn't inspire you to do it, don't fucking do it. I like I know like, it. Like again, have your common common denominators for me. It is water, personal development, whether it be a podcast or a book, um, yeah. and gratitude. They're my three. And um, and again, I play around with it. Sometimes I train. Sometimes I go for a walk along the beach. Sometimes, but um, yeah. Anyways, I just love. I'm very very similar to you. <laughs> um, I would love to touch on it because you mentioned you've had the experience of going through. Let's. I don't use the word toxic, but you went through a relationship that wasn't the right fit for you. Yeah. Um, and now you've um connected with uh, my dad, Kerwin, um, so the K-Man. What's been your experience going from what you've taken from the previous one and your whole life journey to what you're implementing or experiencing? And like we spoke before the podcast started, like everything happened at the right time and everything. Just been, what's your experience between going between A to B? Like what's been the, the contrast for you? Oh, so many pieces. Um, and I feel like I wasn't even, I wasn't even the same person back then like 17 year old Krista in comparison to 32 year old Krista two totally different people um I think that you know being in the relationship that I am now um has been oh my god nothing that I've ever experienced before but at the same time super confronting because I can't hide you know, I've, I've met my match in that, in that perspective. I know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, and, and you know, here's something that I'll share with you transparently. Please. I actually um, have recognized that relationships that I have been in, in the past um, were extremely comfortable because I was with people that I could run rings around mm, um, okay. and I was, more intelligent, more successful. And that was really comfortable for me because I, I, I could hide, I could hide out. I didn't have to be called into my highest version. I could just like outsmart every situation Mm. and I can't do that anymore. Um, so that's really confronting because, you know, my ego was like, Oh fuck. 
okay, all right, what's happening here? Why am I triggered? All right, okay, own the trigger. All right, this is feeling really uncomfortable. This is not familiar. Um, so it's beautiful because it, it's so much growth. It's so much growth in such a short space of time. Um, but I think the biggest thing was like I just chose not to settle, right, because I, uh, you know, when I left my first relationship and, oh, my God, the good far outweighed the bad in, in my marriage. Like it, we had a, we're actually great mates. Yeah. Um, and definitely outweighed the bad. But when I left that, I didn't really know anything different. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm really okay with being on my own. I'm fiercely independent. I know that I can, once I've reestablished a business, I know that I can make money on my own. I don't need someone to depend on per se. So I'm not settling for a relationship until it amplifies my life, not takes it away. Because I don't need it. I want it but I'm not going to settle in the interim because I think a lot of us say, all right, I'm calling in my perfect partner. And then we have all of these temptations that present to us. And then we just fall in and settle for something because we have rose colored glasses on. And I just wasn't willing to do that because I'd worked too hard to get to a space of contentment, of self knowing, um, you know, of, of building a resilience, a strength of building another business that I wasn't willing to sacrifice that for it to potentially be taken away again. Mm. Um, so I think that was the biggest thing is that I just didn't settle and I didn't look for it. What would you say to people who are, because I, I, I'm in the health and fitness game and I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm quite personal with my clients. I get to know them really well. Um, yeah. And because we're not more than just the gym, I, I ask them about their personal life around what they're struggling with because the health and fitness, it's, it, that's the easy part. <laughs> like that, yeah. This is this is the fun part. Um, but it's like um, like calories in, calories out, do some exercise, you'll be fine. A bit of protein. Um, but what would you say to people, because I've got a lot of them and they're very needy of love. I've got my own answer, but I want to hear yours. Is they're very, I need to be in a relationship. It's like the people, they'll break up with someone and they're just desperate to get into another one because they feel lonely or they, whatever reason. And you just said it then, you weren't looking for it. Yeah. What would you say to that person who's really needy and they're like, just want something and they'll settle for shit? Like, like what, what would you say to that person? It's because they're looking at something outside of themselves for something that they can give to themselves first, mm. right? Like, and that's how a lot of people are, are programmed is like, well, I need this that's outside of me to feel this way. I need this outside of me to feel this way. Whereas when we do the work, when we sort this out, we realise that we need for nothing because we give ourselves confidence, we give ourselves validation, we give ourselves love. We give ourselves worthiness. We give ourselves fulfillment, mm. and then anything outside of us will only amplify it. But if you're looking at something outside of yourself to fill those needs, it's never going to be permanent. I find a lot of people, and correct me if, if you disagree. Um, I find a lot of people they'll they think finding someone will fix their shit. No, where it's like you you. It might this is my view it anyways is. You be you love yourself so much, and you work on you. You get your shit sorted. You find someone else has done it as well. You get together, and everything gets better. Rather than I'm so shit, I'm going to find someone who's going to come take care of it for me, because that generally doesn't work out so well. It doesn't, but it's like it, it plays out in so many aspects, right? It, because where we're not comes back to not willing to experience the pain. But the pain is where we learn and grow, and it's the same thing. People experience pain they take drugs. People experience pain, they go and drink. People experience pain, they go and get busy, you know, um, and it's it's just suppressing what needs to be acknowledged, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm super grateful for the time that I spent on my own. I was about to ask you that question. I was going to ask you, did that time alone give you or force you to really work on the stuff that's most because a lot of people are again going back to what I was saying they'll get into something to if if anything distract them and get them away from dealing with their shit I find a lot of people that I know they actually stay busy whether that be business relationships drugs partying to avoid working on their shit so did that time alone really give you that time and space Totally. And there were moments that I've, I've never been um, addicted to drugs or alcohol or anything like that. But I saw that what was presenting was um, an avoidance through exercise and business. Mm. I was keeping busy in business yeah. and I was training three times a day wow. yeah. so that I could avoid my shit. 
And it wasn't until I experienced adrenal fatigue and burnout that I realized I had to do, I had to stop doing such high intensity exercise because that was only exacerbating it. Um, And, but once again, it's awareness. It's like, why do I feel it necessary that I literally can't sit still, that I've always got to be on the go? Okay, what is that? All right. So leaning into the discomfort, what if I just stop? What's there? And that's when it comes through us because emotion is just energy in motion. So if we allow the energy to pass through us without judging it, it's going to clear. It's just that a lot of people just want to like push all of that back down. And that's when it it manifests into disease. Mm. Yeah. We're coming to the end of this. I'll be quick on these ones. You just said judgment. You used the word judgment. Why do people judge themselves so much? Why is there so much judgment on someone for what you just said? You just mentioned um, people judge their 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 issues, their, their, um, their problems. I don't believe in problems. Um, but yeah, why is there so much judgment around people's self and who they are for who they are? I think majority of us have grown up or been conditioned to believe that we have to be a certain way to be accepted, you know, from the, the way that we are designed as human beings is to, you know, seek love and connection, um, which is, which is beautiful. But the way that we seek that love and connection is very different depending on upbringing and depending on conditioning. Mm. Um, so I think that, you know, growing up where we're seeking acceptance or seeking love and connection and we think that we actually have to be something in order to receive it, you know, we have to look a certain way, we have to speak a certain way, we have to act a certain way, we have to, you know, um, create this, that and the other in order to experience love and connection. Um, But the true matter of it is living from a place of authenticity and transparency. And and don't get me wrong, I did that for a large majority of my life. I was the wear a full face of makeup, had to look absolutely perfect, had loads of money, had the Louis Vuitton handbag, um, drove a nice car because that's how I was going to be accepted. Yeah. And I got to a stage through doing the work, it wasn't even deliberate, that it didn't mean anything anymore. What meant more to me was being myself and being surrounded with people that loved me for that as opposed to the mask that I was upholding. So I think the reason that people judge is lack of awareness um, and because we've been so conditioned to be this in order to experience love and connection and acceptance. That's beautiful. Last one, I'll leave it on this. What's your message that the world needs to hear? What's the first thing that comes to you? Mm. the only person judging you is you and the moment that you choose to be all of you is the moment that you will live the life that you want there's a quote card for you ladies and gentlemen uh krista this has been fun i could talk for two hours but i know you've got an appointment in the next 10 minutes um where could people find you if they were interested in just connecting saying thank you interested in your work where could they connect with you uh, KristaTier.com. I'm on Instagram, Krista underscore Tier. I'm on Facebook. I am on Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, all the social media platforms. So come over and say hello. Incredible. Honestly, Krista, this has been incredible. Guys, if you've made it to the end of it, well done. Thank you. Um, and you've got any value from it, please reach out to Krista, reach out to me, share it on your Instagram, give us a tag so we can know that you guys got some value out of it. Thank you for tuning in, Krista. And um, again, thank you so much for your time. Oh, pleasure. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah.